The Raw Rugby Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Raw Rugby Podcast. I'm Brett McKay. Super Rugby Pacific is underway for the year and started in spectacular style on the weekend. And your place, as always, for the biggest and best rugby discussion is the raw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate. You can have your say online each week on the Raw or you can hit us up on the socials. Really enjoyed our chat last week with Rugby Australia CEO Andy Marinos. And I guess the best compliment we can share is the number of people telling us that they listen to us from start to finish, uh, which is which is great to hear. I don't know what that means otherwise. Andy was full of great insight on everything we threw at him and even had some sage advice about my ill-fated cricket comeback as well. Joining me this and every week, the man who hasn't even tried to moderate his flagrant misuse of the travel budget in the new year, the Everjet setting and the only just home again, Harry Jones. Hello, mate. How's it, Brett? No, I'm really abusing that that account this year. You were in Boston um, for the weekend. Yeah, yeah, I was freezing in Boston. Oh, it was so cold. Oh, yeah, no, um, I really felt sorry for you. I, I warmed myself up with the oysters. So, um, <laughs> no, I, I would say I know we have a really wonderful guest, like uh, an 11-try wallaby guest. So I'm I'm gonna actually crowd in my things I got for the weekend right here, right now, to wedge them in. Number one, TMO in a suit, in a dark studio in Paris, fulfilling <laughs> all the dark fantasies we have about how villainous and sinister they are. And this guy looked apart, he was scowling, uh, he refused to answer any questions, and he just looked like he was in some kind of weird set in the French Connection or something. So um, evil areas. Yeah, I thought also the, the, the moment when Jack Dempsey, grandson of the great you know heavyweight boxer, fends- himself. Pierre Schumann, and then you realize he's fending a guy on his own team, and then you realize an Aussie and a Safa are actually playing on the Scottish team, and that just could never have happened before. That, <laughs> that is a trivia question uh, for the so, ages. So Scotland's Jack Dempsey fended off Schumann. Fran- France's Pierre Schumann. No, that's Scottish Pierre Schumann. Oh, yes, yes, yes. He, he, yes. he was trying to find space and his own teammate oh, was away. Yeah. So he, yeah. he, he actually fended Fend- a prop on his own team. It was beautiful. And um, then they both, both play for Glasgow Warriors as well. Yes. <laughs> and my, my, my final highlight of the weekend was uh, Thomas Ramos for uh, the French, who takes um, a five-meter penalty to go to the corner. Everyone knows he's going to the corner. He never really does it, though. He taps and goes and feeds and it ultimately leads to a try by Gail Fiku. I'm there for that. Everyone is so geared when you start to do that walk towards the five and you're going to do the pump. Everyone relaxes. And there needs to be more of that. That was a very clever, and it put the game to bed. It was a beautiful move. It was in Sydney on Friday night. Ryan Lonigan, everyone was waiting for them to kick for the corner or whatever. Ryan Lonigan kicked to the other side. Andy Muirhead's out there having a conversation with Jordan Way, the assistant referee. Jordan Way's never set up a try in his life. One of the few times <laughs> when the defense is or disorganized, it is the yeah. time. It's the time to do it. It was beautifully done. It was great. It was. It was, it was actually really like from a from a from a rugby point of view, it was actually a great piece of vision because the outermost Waratahs defender was standing next to the left hand upright. So yeah, it was it was a great <laughs> piece of vision and it was a, a great kick. And shout out to whoever it was on on Twitter who worked out that Andy Muirhead at Best saw that ball bounce in front of him a second before it arrived. 
So that's how in-depth the conversation was with the assistant Mate. referee. Mate, let's get on to this week's guest, and he is a beauty, as you say. He's quickly established himself as one of the Wallabies' genuine attacking weapons, and no doubt he'll be itching to get back on the field as soon as he can, particularly with Super Rugby Pacific converges on Melbourne this weekend. The Raw Rugby Podcast. It's the first use of the pod's Melbourne studio for the year this week, where it's a very warm welcome onto the Raw Rugby Podcast, the Melbourne Rebels flyer and Wallabies tri-scoring machine, a man who, if Harry has anything to do with it, has a big future ahead of him in reality TV, Andrew Kellaway. Welcome, mate. G'day, guys. Thank you for having me. Harry, you're a, you're a big fan of Andrew's Instagram work, is, is where this is leading to. You've got a theory on this, haven't you? I do. I mean, there's everything on his Instagram. You can ex- expound all the, the knowledge of humankind. I mean, he has the virtues of sleep. He has humane sheep shearing. He has wine with no carbon footprint. He wears tailored suits with budgie smugglers. Uh, he smiles He smiles whilst he's playing. He does speed work for you on his Instagram. Really, just go check it out. But actually, I've always thought that he played rugby as if it was just part of that whole package, you know? There's a joy in how he plays. It's fair. It's fair as well. It's fair. How do you live up to that, Andrew? I don't think you do, guys. That's um, that's incredible. I think um, for a sister, <laughs> I thought you were describing. Uh, I thought you were describing Reece Hodge, um, but look, no, I'm, he's too. I'm, he's too obvious. You come at it really subtle, like a new. It's a nuance. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I certainly don't have a six pack, so it's. Um, look, I'm happy to take any any and all uh, social media attention away from Hodgie. <laughs> Fair enough too. Fair enough too. Uh, we we start the same place every week, um, Andrew. What what stood out for us on the opening weekend of Super Rugby and, and and rugby across the globe this weekend? Yeah, look, there were two big things for me, particularly out of Super Rugby. Um, first and foremost, the Chiefs Crusaders down in Christchurch. Uh, that was yeah. obviously a huge a huge result, and I think yeah, um, Matt Tamua put out a fairly um, poorly timed tweet. Now, in retrospect. Uh, around um, Super Rugby and, and looking forward to watching all the teams grind it out for 13 rounds only to uh, lose to the Crusaders in the final. So um, <laughs> pretty nice to see <laughs> nice to see the Chiefs do a job um, after that. And then uh, the second being, I thought the Brumbies-Waratahs game was a, um, was an awesome game. And um, mm. look, admittedly, I, I probably tipped the Waratahs and um, I thought the Brumbies were, were fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And the stadium looked fantastic. 25,000 people there. You've... You've, you've played there. What's it like compared to the old SFS? Yeah, look, I mean, that's a interesting one. That stadium, the new one is fantastic. I mean, in terms of, um, you know, like world-class facilities, it's it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, as, a, as a guy who uh, made his Super Rugby debut in the old Allianz, I think it's always going to have a pretty special place yeah. um, for me. Uh, you know, I think, uh, well, who do we play? The Springboks there. Um yeah. And you're sort of walking out of the tunnel and you walk through the members' bar and come out. And I couldn't help but think, geez, it um, would have been nice to be running back up the old hill, back into the old change rooms there and <laughs> back down the hill. And um, that being said, look, it's a fantastic new stadium. And, yeah. and looking forward to, to being up there to play the Tars this year. Yeah, no doubt. The, um, the, the law variations might look, look to have an impact. How much focus has it been um, for you guys during the preseason? Yeah, huge. Uh, every every team, every year, um, you mm. always have the refs in, and you, you know, everyone's trying to schmooze the refs and and get them on your side. And uh, part of that process, going through the law variations, working out what they look like and and how they'll impact um, 
you know, the various different styles that different teams play. And, and that was no different for us. I think the really interesting thing about the law variations, um, and we'll be saying it all year, I reckon, is, uh, you know, you can talk about them in theory all you like, but we're asking guys to, to break, you know, between five and ten years of, of yeah. sort of learned habit um, when they go about these things. So you see, and only because it's it's relevant to, to my team, um, Ryan Lawrence penalised for, for too slow at the breakdown to, to kick that ball. And, um, you know, even, even Hundy said he, he knew he had to speed up. He just, he never had to do it before. So he didn't really yeah. know what that felt like. And, and um, these are probably the, the teething <laughs> issues we're going to have to deal with. And, you know, look, if it makes the game more attractive, then, then um, long may it rain. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's going to be a case of, I mean, I've, I've worked in a broadcasting background, so I've I've got an idea of what five seconds feels like and what thirty seconds feels like. Is that is that going to be the sort of thing you guys have to get used to? Like, how are you just going to have to sort of get used to what five seconds is? Yeah, I reckon so. I think the interesting thing, and again, I'll go back to the Ryan Lawrence case because it's um, obviously topical, and and hmm. I've had a chance to watch it seven times in the footage today, but. Um, <laughs> You know, so the, so the, review, the review session's going well then. Yeah, yeah, mate, it was good. Um, <laughs> particularly with that sort of stuff, you're not um, – it's not just you. It's not just the halfback who's who's managing himself there. He's getting forwards into position. He's listening to the 10 who's saying, you know, whether you want to kick off 10 or 9. Mm. And, you know, even adding to that, a lot of teams will have a call where they want to run the ball, and so he's now listening for that as well. So you've got three calls he's listening for, plus he's trying to organise his forwards. So um, – you know, in theory, it sounds like a really simple thing to do. Hurry up, yeah. right? Yeah. Just kick it quicker. Um, but actually, there's a, there's a whole heap that goes into that sort of stuff. So, yeah. look, we'll, everyone will get it. They'll Everyone will wrap their heads around it. And um, as I said, if it, if it makes the game a better prospect, then mm. long mate rain. Alan Alatoa said post-match, Harry, that it was noticeable that scrums were being packed quicker and, and that they were that they knew they had to get there quicker. So it's obviously front of mind for the forwards, but I think for the most part, it actually worked pretty well. I think I think the Brumbies admitted that they got awfully close to the 30 seconds on one line out, but I don't think there was actually any any issues on that. And, and, and it felt like things flowed a lot quicker. Yeah, I mean, I think so in sport, we're always trying to get better. Every single sport, mm. you're, you're just pushing yourself. I'm sure Andrew will echo this. Uh, he's a great finisher, but I'm sure he works on finishing every season. How do I get better? How do we, you know, how do I enter the contact zone differently? I'm sure that props and hookers will sort it out. I think unintended consequences also play here, though. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to tire our big guys out quicker, so the bench is going to be even more important. People say, I don't want the bench to be so important. It's going to be vital, and there'll be more mm-hmm. incentive to have 6-2 benches because you're going to rag out your tight forwards. So um, every time we tweak something, mm-hmm. something else gets untweaked. Um, and you know, it's just the name of the game. Uh, but you know, I mean, I was gonna, uh, Andrew, I was, I was wondering about sort of what you do to work on, uh, in the off season, like speed. Um, I know you're kind of upright the way you run, but, um, you get down in time when you're into the corner, um, and you finished what 11 times already for the Wallabies. There's something about that, that you got a knack for, but you know, what do you work on to be quicker and, um, and finish better? Yeah, that's a, a good question. At the moment, not a whole heap. Rehab is um, <laughs> high burn. Uh, so I've just well, so, running. Well, so on me. that, how, so how far off are you on, on that then? Uh, good question. Hopefully, oh, four weeks, I reckon, is probably yeah, right. a, 
an accurate accurate estimate. So I've, I've run all last week and and today got up to some some good speeds. So I hit um, eight and a half meters a second, which is um, you know sort of nine meters a second is is if you get up to that in the game you're doing all right. So yeah, uh, the speed's coming back now. It's just about making sure that I'm um, uh, fit enough and and mm. uh, you know just building a bit of resilience to that sort of change of direction, a little bit of contact, all that sort of stuff. So. What are we talking? Yeah, sort of three or four weeks, yeah. um, hopefully. So that gets me back. I think either the Reds or, or the Drua. So um, I'm hoping to get a little bit of a little bit of time under my belt before I have to go to Fiji and, and deal with that storm. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it'll be one of one of those two rounds. But to answer your question, Harry, um, I think it's changed a lot, right? Over time, it used to be the the one size fits all. We're, we're all gonna get on the hills, or we're gonna get, you know get on the trial line and we're running up and back kind of thing and everyone's getting fit and then we go in the gym and everyone's lifting as much as they can and it's all about getting strong and fit um and then you add your your own little flavor within that and um over time i've, I've at least seen in, in my experience it's definitely we've had a big transition where now you'll see the outside backs doing a completely different type of fitness to the forwards yeah and that now is even in the gym where you're watching guys do it's actually hilarious. Sometimes, you know, they're doing these strange jumps off one foot and round in circles and all this sort of stuff with, <laughs> I'm sure there's a bit of science to it. So don't get me wrong. I'm not, uh, I'm not belittling that process. Um, but yeah, for, for me, I know I've got a few, um, what's the word issues that I got to deal with around sort of my um, physical stuff. So yeah. uh, that changes a little bit what I can and can't do. And um, the big things I found for me are sort of the mobility stuff. Um, puts me in a position to run fast more regularly. And if I can run fast more regularly, then uh, I feel better going into yeah. going into games. So the preseason really for me is all about making sure that my physical stuff is, is in the right place so that I can train regularly. Because if I, um, and again, this is just me, if I, if I stop paying attention to that sort of stuff, I find that going back-to-back -back days becomes really tough and then I'm not mm -hmm. training enough, which means I'm not getting enough um you know, enough reps in, in contact, enough yeah. reps, doing all the things you've got to do in a game. And, and then before you know it, you're underdone and you're out of form. Uh, aiming for like more, um, what are we looking for? More more endurance, I suppose, because you want to be, you, you want to be fit and firing in the 75th minute so you can take advantage of these tied forwards on the field, ideally, because we're telling him to pack scrums quicker and pack lineouts and set lineouts quicker and all that. So that's obviously your plan. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, there's, there's obviously a balance to that. You've got to be um, resilient enough to get get through the, the first 30 minutes, which are always um, so tough. Uh, and then, as you said, the fitness to be able to come out the other side and, and make the most of the fatigue that's going to be in the game now, right? So, yeah. um, again, probably the last two years for me have been, been a bit difficult around injury. It's, it's more been a case of how do I get on the field rather than mm. um, how do I put myself in the best position. So, um, you know, we're racing the clock a little bit. Uh, this year and the same same last year, so uh, just trying to find the balance between all that sort of stuff. And I think, look, if um, if I come back a bit underdone, I'd rather be a little bit underdone but on the field um, yeah. than you know not playing and and coming back in sort of round ten or eleven, you know, with perfect fitness and that sort of stuff. So um, you know, there's no supplement for for game fitness. Uh, there's no supplement for a game, sorry, to get your fitness up. Mm. Yeah, no doubt. On the uh, last one, on the shot clocks. You obviously had some thoughts on it when it was first mooted last year about, uh, you know, about about maybe not being thrilled about the idea if you were a front rower. How 
how have your guys said they found it after the force game? And and I'm guessing you still must have a little bit of sympathy for your front row brothers. Yeah, yeah, definitely some sympathy, and more more than a little bit, a lot of sympathy actually. Um, yeah. I think. Uh, or was it the Hurricanes Reds game? The the resentment towards the ref for asking the front row to speed up was palpable. So yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I can, in eighty uh, percent humidity, it's probably fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can definitely, I can definitely feel that. I think uh, for me, those conversations are uh, definitely not my domain, and I'm staying way out of them after the last <laughs> time. Um, but yeah, look, my my uh, my opinion hasn't changed on all of that sort of stuff. I think uh, it's a very easy thing to do to say hurry up, but as I said previously. Yeah, you know you've got, and and in the case of the scrum, it's it's more than ten years. A lot of these guys have learned this stuff over a really long period of time, mm. um, and that's not to say they can't do it faster. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying we're talking about habits here, so mm. um, it must be a really difficult thing for, for them to do to have to have to speed all of that up. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I'd love to see us celebrate the the intricacies of our game, the niche the niche parts, the line out in the scrum, yeah. rather than try and change them to suit everybody. I think. These are so unique to our game. There's nowhere, no other game I can think of that has, um, you know, these requirements of, of players that are so unique um, and so skill-based. Mm. Uh, you know, I'd love to see us celebrate them more, but again, I'm going I'm to stay out of this today. <laughs> how much, um, how much uh, consultation was there with the players and, and the playing group, generally speaking? Like you, they were being mooted, obviously, last year when you said what you said but had you guys had a bit of an inkling that something was happening by then already um i'm not entirely sure mate again i believe it or not i do try and stay out of these sort of conversations yeah um, right. yeah I'm, I'm not entirely sure look i'm sure that world rugby are not um you know i'm not ignorant enough to ignore the players in this stuff i'm yeah. sure they would have consulted the players um but i, I don't i don't know is there a is there a tweak you'd like to see is there, is there, is there a, tweak a tweak that's been playing like, in, in the back of your mind for years that you thought, now's the time for it? Uh, yeah, get rid of the ref's whistle, maybe. <laughs> you want a, you want a different sound or something, like more pleasing? Yeah, no, no, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. The refs are great. Um, is there a tweak I'd like to see? Um, I'm not entirely sure about that. I think um, it's not really a tweak, but maybe... Um, I'd love to see the rest have a bit more autonomy around the ability to say, uh, for example, if a scrum collapses, but the ball's there to just play it, yeah. you know, yeah, um, that sort of stuff. I mean, as I said, the scrum's great and um, all good things have their flaws and, and, you know, we've got to learn to learn to deal with them. Mm. And uh, the same applies for the breakdown, the same applies for all that sort of stuff. I think um, the ability to say, hey, this actually doesn't affect anything, um, yeah. let's let it roll, but... Um, I think that's a pretty hard, hard tweak to make mm. because it's, you know, we're sort of talking about going back into the grey when everything seems to be going. We need more black and white. So, yeah, um, yeah no, no tweaks that I can think of. To tell you the truth, I haven't even thought a great deal about that. Really, as I said, I'm, I'm uh, hard pressed trying to get out of bed in the morning. Hey, Andrew, is, is there any scenario? Speaking of niches, any scenario where you were to pack down the scrum? Like, how many cards had to be issued to the Wallabies <laughs> before you were flanking? <laughs> Oh look, flanking. Good well, question. Flanking Good question. Is different. That's not scrumming. That is like oh, uh, true, true, true. What's the word? That's like I don't, I can't, I don't know what to compare that to. It's like the, like the navigator in a in a rally car racing. You're not really driving, are you? 
It's all uh, chat. It's it's all chat. You're just you're, you're encouraging your guys. That's all. Yeah. yeah, you're just leaning on it, right? So that's fine. I can definitely do that. I did say, uh, what's today? Monday. I said on uh, Wednesday, Tuesday last week, I was out doing rehab with Matty Phillip and the forwards were mauling. And I said, I would not do that for $1 million. So, yeah, that's look, rough. Mate, then uh, a fair bit would have to fall into place for me to, to get anywhere near <laughs> yeah. that sort of stuff. And a, and a fair bit of coin too. Was there a, yeah. was there, was there any player uh, growing up that you modeled your play after? I, mean, I see that you play kind of like a, you hang back a little bit as a 15 wing. You can handle the kick, the kick uh, and the high ball. Is there anyone that you grew up thinking as a wallaby, for example, that you like to play like? Um, oh, there were heaps. I mean, I, I would have loved to have played like Lottie Jakiri, but I, I missed the um, genetic boat on that one. And then um, guys like yeah, Joe Roth. And I think for me, I was sort yeah. of coming to an age where I could appreciate it around sort of Mark Gerard and those guys. And I think, yeah. mm. uh, you know, not long after Gerardo was Adam Ashley Cooper. And um, it seems like a, a really weird thing for me to say, or it feels weird to say, because I've actually played with both of those guys now. But yeah. Um, you know, Adam, definitely. I remember when I was at the Waratahs, I spoke to Adam and I was having an existential crisis like every 18-year-old has about everything. And uh, I kept um, getting really upset and frustrated that I was being used as a utility and all I wanted to do was play one position. And, um, you know, I'd read about Craig Wing, wrote something, and I can't remember exactly now, but, you know, the, the premise of the whole thing was that being a utility, you know, sort of, stuffed him around in his career and he was the second best at every position but never the best one and um i remember i sat down and i talked to adam about it because he was you know one of one of if not the greatest utility yeah. we've had and he in typical adam fashion only like he could he's so cool about it um and just put it perfectly he just said i'll play wherever i need to play but i'm bringing my own flavor to it um, almost in those exact in, in those exact words and i think now i look uh, as as more of an adult, and I look back on not only how I felt about it, but how Adam explained that to me. And I think, um, yeah, guys like Adam Asi Cooper, particularly Adam, because I got mm. to experience him as a spectator and as a, a teammate. But um, yeah, those are the sort of guys. Or well, he is the sort of guy I tried to model my game on. That that's a good shot because I can see you playing that way. I mean, haven't you played center before as well and fullback? Yep. Yeah, yeah, I played uh, centre against Ireland in, in Dublin there when I broke my foot, actually. Mm. Yeah, Sorry. Too. <laughs> you, you, even, you, you even played a little bit of 12 in the NRC from memory? You play a couple of games at 12? Uh, no, I've never started at 12. I've, I've right. moved to 12. I played 12 for Northampton against Gloucester. Um, but that's probably getting a bit too close to the ball. You can't, um, you know, any closer than that and, and not passing the ball becomes a crime, so... <laughs> what, what, but you have to, to get away with uh, being a ball hog 13 and out. Yeah, but you have be... to work. What, what you have to work on to emulate AAC though is you have to make every try you score seem like the most important try that was ever scored. <laughs> oh, he has a knack for it, doesn't he? I said, I know. I said, boys, like, like only Adam could. He's got this. He's just like effortlessly cool. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to be too close to the to the single digits, mate. Obviously, um, Melbourne this weekend. It's it's going to be huge. The, the the Super Round. We we got a taste of it last year, and I think everyone could see that the concept was was really good. But you know the the way the travel restrictions in both countries were were still sort of coming off, mate. It, it wasn't quite there. What's it feel like this this week? Is it, is it does it feel different this time around? 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, on heaps of fronts for me, obviously not playing. Last time I was playing, but um, yeah, definitely, as you said, there was also the first year of these things. Again, I know I've said teething about six times, but <laughs> there are teething problems with these sorts of things, and they're all they're all working them out on the run. And I think, um, you know, credit to TG for sticking with it and and yeah. um, and going again because you know it's definitely got legs. We've seen it in the NRL. The AFL are doing it this year. You know, it's, yeah. it's a great concept. I think the players love it. Um, you know, you got Dale Braithwaite coming down, the great Dale Braithwaite coming down. Hopefully, to sing <laughs> about ten times, um, and uh, a couple couple other acts coming in there. So, you know, they've really made an effort to to turn this event into into something proper. And um, add into that, you got some pretty pretty good games coming up. So, yeah, there's yeah. definitely a great feel about it. Is Mel- Melbourne ready for a weekend of rugby trippers? Is that the oh, right word for it? So. <laughs> I certainly hope so. Yeah, no, it's it's going to be a good. I, the, the concept, Harry, I think is is great, and I, as recently as a few days ago, was absolutely trying to get down there myself, um, and it hasn't hasn't worked out. Like it, it's a great idea. It's, it must be a great chance to catch up with people as well. Yeah, I like the festival of rugby idea. Actually, yeah. I wanted to ask you, Andrew, as well. Did you qualify for Scottish um, Test rugby because of where you went to school? No, no, I tried. I even tried. <laughs> I asked them because I, yeah, if I play the bagpipes, will you let me in? And they said no. So. <laughs> Rugby on the roar. Harry, great to to have Andrew Kellaway uh, on there, and we've um, and we've we've had to let him go to to make an appointment uh, that he was at. But we we appreciate his his time. Great to talk to. Uh, we will have to add him to the list of people we will definitely have to get back on. Yeah, a funny guy, and, and definitely is kicking uh, Michael Atkinson to uh, the sheds. I think. Wow. I mean, unless, unless, unless Michael Michael has a really good staying power. He's he's survived a lot of coups. He's, so he's we'll got see. a he's got a deep dirt file, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> I like. So I know that Andrew was a captain in uh, age group uh, for yeah, Australia, was. Um, and yeah. so you can see that he's a back who really understands forwards' life. Um, he, he doesn't diminish it. And and I could see easily that he would be a guy that you know would be named captain at some point. He's a yeah. clever guy, understands uh, the larger game, and yeah, a really top guy to talk to. Yeah, no, it was, was really good. Really, really enjoyed that. And, and you're right. I think he might have even he might have even captain Junior Wallabies the year he set all the try scoring records. Um, and he was into the Wall- into the Waratahs side like the next year. So was in yeah. as a as a young young prodigy so it was fantastic um first round of super rugby and we've touched on it there was there was so many great games you, you mentioned moana pacifica and, and the fijian drua that that was just a great game there was like all six games had their had their moments where they were just like you can't i've, I've written as much in my column um for, for tuesday that i don't think you could have asked for much more than what we got in opening opening weekend of a competition it was a strong start. I mean, Moana Pacifica and Fiji and Drua often are seen as razzle-dazzle and offload city, but actually it was smash-mouth rugby. First five tries came from rolling malls, forward grunt. Um, and you could see that those two teams have worked on set-piece. Um, so that's promising. Um, I don't know. There were just lots of subplots, you know. Um, yeah. Asafa Oomua for the Hurricanes looked yeah. better than Dane Cole. So now you have... These two blockbusters, Samasoni and uh, Asafo, coming through for the All Blacks, perhaps. Um, 
There were some, you know, sad stories. He had Angus Bell perhaps crueling his foot. Um, yeah, well, but and the was, word, yeah. the word looks like he could be he could be out for four to six months if he has surgery. Yeah. There, but it, so. was, it was it was all it was all on. I mean, the first round was yeah. was a ripper. Uh, my one of my favorite moments was when uh, Billy Harmon for the Highlanders interviewed said was his his team was played awesome and they were top notch defense and they lost twenty to sixty to. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like, oh, what planet yes. are you on, man? Yeah, yeah, and and, and worse than that, copped a twenty nine nil second half. So. I'm not sure your second half is as awesome as you think, really. Yeah, yeah. And so the Reds are disappointing as well. But you know, I'd say yeah. the blue, the Blues look scary. Um, you know, there was just a lot of good rugby to be played. Yeah, yeah, it was the. I mean, Andrew mentioned the Waratahs Brumbies game. That was a even ten minutes to go. Like the Brumbies were sort of kicking, starting to kick away a little bit. They certainly had more control of the breakdown in the second half, but it still sort of felt like if the Waratahs could sneak a try in somehow. This yeah. this game was on, so that was that was a ripper. Chiefs Crusaders was a was a ripping game. The the Force and Rebels, the last game of the weekend, was a beauty. Yeah, it was. I will was say though, great. back 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 to your Brumbies, having two number nines that are that good, uh, yeah. big leg up on the competition. Although they're going to catch them, I mean they're going to have some angry Crusaders uh, coming at them next time. So. Yeah, well, and so the Brumbies play the Blues on. Sunday. I mean, the Blues. Yeah, the Blues. Yeah, the yeah. Blues look like they could qualify for the semi-finals of the World Cup. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's all. So, yeah, there's like there's some thinking ahead to the Super Round this weekend. There is some mouth-watering games. So it starts with Crusaders Highlanders on Friday at six o'clock local time. That's it. The Highlanders are going to die. <laughs> they're, they're, in a, they're in a world of hurt. I think. <laughs> yeah, Re Rebels Hurricanes. Could be really interesting because like the rebels will be smarting from from a game that they would have felt like they should have won over in Perth. The Hurricanes, I'm not entirely sure we've seen. I don't think we saw them in Top Gear. I, I think they took the foot off a little bit in that second half, which I think is ominous and worrying for Reds fans. <laughs> then on Saturday we go to Moana Pacifica and the Chiefs first. That'll be a ripper at five o'clock. Then it's the Drew and, and Waratahs. At uh, seven thirty-five Sunday is the Blues Brumbies, and then Force Reds to round out the uh, the Super Round. There's some games there I'm already worried about on a tipping front. Yeah, <laughs> I so went I two from six. I tip really quickly because then it it prevents the stress, you know. And like, you yeah, know, I, I don't know what the teams are going to be. I'm just going strictly on uh, ten years of form. Last week's uh, form. Right, at best. No, a decade of form. Like, yeah, I'm just going to go Crusaders forever because I don't care. <laughs> there's, there's some anomalies Look, here and there, but in the end, it's okay. You'll you'll do you'll do better than uh, you'll you'll do better than most if you just pick Crusaders on historic form, won't you? I mean, there's look, there's some some great matchups in that, and, and I just I hope that um, I, I believe, uh, and I mean, they always say this in the lead up to event, but I believe that ticket sales have been pretty strong. So hopefully, we just see. A really good weekend of rugby in Melbourne because, um, as we said, it's a, it's a great concept. It deserves to succeed, and um, and we certainly hope it does. Um, Six Nations was another great weekend. That served up served us up a, a, an absolute highlight. Maybe the biggest highlight was Mac Hansen awarded Player of the Match. That he delivers this little post match beauty with a mic in front of him. 
Uh, that's going to be another tough one away. Um, I haven't played at Murrayfield yet, so fingers crossed I can make that. Oh, fuck. Oh, pardon, pardon, pardon. Apologies I can make, I can make that. All right, you know, he, had to, he had to restore his self-respect after being held up by the nine. <laughs> so he's like, he's going to talk real hard, tough now and, and be a hard man. No, it was a great weekend. Uh, yeah. Ireland, Ireland was only 24-20 up on Italy um, with 20 to go. So, you know, when you look at the two favorites for the World Cup, uh, Ireland and France, they neither one of them really, um, you know, put all the doubters to bed. Uh, the French, I thought, made heavy weather of Scotland. But, you know, I do think that when you look at Scotland and their wide play and their counterattack, I just don't think it's built for really tough, gritty knockout matches. So I think maybe the French will, will feel good about that one. Yeah. Um, England and Wales were not making any adjustments. So you look at some of the, the clever things that Gregor Townsend and, and um, Fabien uh, Galtier did, you know, around the midfield, and they both of them had to avoid each other's midfields. And Gail Fakou and Hugh Jones had wonderful matches. It was like a chess match to watch mm. uh, the French and the Scottish play. And in the end, the French had too much artillery. But you look at England and Wales, they literally were just trying to make the other one make a mistake. And it was an extremely difficult watch. Anyone who hasn't watched it, I mean, save yourself the time. Um, <laughs> it, it, it wasn't just, good. Uh, it wasn't Maybe good. just go for the, the rapid replay rather than the, uh, than, than the full one. Yeah, and so so far the you know so far the experiment of bringing back Warren Gatlin has not borne fruit, and I'm, mm. I have sympathy for him. He's not working with like a massive uh, treasure chest of young talent, but that that was the the downer. But yeah, I, I thought the the Italians really played some excellent rugby, uh, and that's worth yeah. a look. Yeah. Well, so Italy play Wales in round four, which is in two weeks' time now, isn't it? So that all of a sudden has got something about it. I think it, I think Italy's favoured in that. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, yeah. When 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 would have been the last time Italy started a Six Nations game as favourites? Has it ever happened? Never, no, never. <laughs> Their best season was the first season, and uh, and it's been yeah. downhill since then. So no, I think that's right. I, I do think you can look at the shape now, and so on the smart teams that are actually playing to the the, the new way of adjudication, you yeah. can look and see that it's going to be a different World Cup this time. Um, there's just um, quicker rucks across the board yeah uh, there is there is space that's being found now and so i think it's a it's a exciting thing for our match for our game yeah yeah no but, no doubt no doubt about that um urc was interesting over the weekend all of a sudden ulster beating the sharks in durban um all of a sudden they've um they've really shaken things up in the in the top four or five yeah, and Dwayne Vermeulen is uh, stating his case uh, that he might have one more season left as a Bok. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he, he, he was amazing. Uh, his, his coach said the same the thing I've always thought is he's the best mall forward in the world. He just yep. can steer a mall like no one else and he can change yep. the course of it. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was, it, was, it was fantastic. It was really, really good. Um, and yeah, so we look to see how that goes. Uh, in the coming months, what have we got? There's still still a little way to go before we start hitting finals for that. How far away off are the European semis and things like that too? No yeah, so three more rounds of URC, and then I think we yeah. have. I think it's May that they actually um, the final playoff. I forget. Yeah, I think it's three, three rounds. Yeah. Um, this, did, you, this did, you, did, did you see some very interesting news about Nigel Owens being chased by the Springboks as their referee uh on staff so you know how i yeah i, I know what you're talking about I, I didn't i didn't hear this no i just think that's beautiful that sets up the amazing comedy duo of nigel and rossi 
for <laughs> for their for their videos. I mean, they are a match made in heaven. This is the odd couple. Let's go. I'm there for that. Uh, so it's gonna be it's gonna be 64 minutes of Rassi completely saying this makes no sense, and then Nigel Owens coming back saying, "Well, actually, no, Rassi, this is why it makes perfect sense." But he'll soften it. It'll be more humor. It'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that'll be funny. That'll be fun. Um, some really good um, URC games this weekend coming. Uh, the Stormers host the Sharks. Uh, Edinburgh host Leinster as well. That'll be mm. that'll be really interesting as well. So uh, yeah. the URC certainly starting to take effect. The roar. Uh, yeah. So I wanted to say something here i'm looking at this jersey on the screen and it looks mm. like a like a rebels is on it but it doesn't look like a rebels jersey to me what is that it is it is it is, it is. this is the jersey of the very first incarnation of the melbourne rebels um and and andrew kelloway spotted it actually in him in his um in his absence i'll, I'll explain this again uh my nrc jersey hunt continues but i put it on hold because i came across this one which it's, I'll stand, I'll stand up there. It's like it's the hoops, it's the whole thing. It's got this hoops. Is, it's 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 how jerseys should be. It's got a collar. Uh, so this was from the 2007 only ran for a season the Australian Rugby Championship. So this was like the first incarnation of um, uh, of of you know, the NRC came out of that. So many great players. Tim Sampson played current Melbourne Rebels assistant coach played. For the Ballymore Tornadoes with a very young Will Genia, you might recall from last year's conversation. But it was a great competition. Um, I'm yet to come across anyone who played in it who hasn't said it was just some of the best rugby they played. And I think every now and again, what Australian rugby landscape would look like. It's a seasons on. it's a handsome look. I mean, everyone should play in hoops and rugby. Um, and Collis as, as a Stormers uh, Western Province boy. Um, mm. I will say this, uh, I'm kind of on the opposite side of you on names on the back of Jersey. Speaking of Jersey talk, yeah. I, 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 appreciated, I appreciated being able to know who was who. But that's it. It's a simple argument. Mm. I just go, I'm glad that I know it's Richie Gray, not Johnny Gray. Oh, wait, it was just Gray. <laughs> yeah, but that's, I mean, you know, he's got a number. That's what programs are for. That's what scoreboards are for. That's what scoreboard, that's what ground announcers are for. Number that's four, what Mal- Richie Gray. That's- that's what mullets are for, and that's what different color scrum caps are for. <laughs> that's what that's what different color insulation tape around the ears is for. Exactly right. Exactly right. Um, a little bit of news, mate. Um, Eddie Jones finally has an assistant coach. It was uh, it was confirmed just before we came to air. In fact, that former uh, West Tigers um, NRL star and England assistant coach Brett Hodgson has been appointed as the Wallabies defense coach on a two year deal until the end of twenty twenty four. So. That's one less job for Eddie now going forward. He doesn't have to worry about defence for the time being. So um, initially when we were talking to Eddie Marinos last week, the the three the three or four week, well, end of March was the window they were giving themselves. The day after we went to air, uh, Dan McKellar's news came through that he'd been appointed as Leicester head coach, Leicester Tigers in the, uh, in the premiership. So... He and Petrus Duplessis resigned with immediate effect. So for about four days last week, Eddie Jones had no assistance at all. So now he's got one, which is something. Uh, in this, in the topic of head coaches, it's not Scott Robinson. The Fijian Rugby Union have installed former Wallabies assistant Simon Rowalui as the Flying Fijians head coach, head of the Rugby World Cup. So uh, best of luck to to Simon. Um, Angus Bell, as I mentioned before, is looking like a 
a second straight year on the sidelines after re-injuring that toe ligament that kept him out of action last year. Um, yeah, scans confirmed as the same injury over the weekend. Uh, they're tossing up whether there's surgery or not, and so they're looking at a, a four to six a four to six month time frame on that, which is, and you could see it when he came off. He, he had that look that he knew that this was a bad one. So, um, yeah, not. Not not great. Simon Cron, the Western Force coach, confirmed post match that Jeremy Thrush's survive a surprise comeback will last at least the first half of the season and could go the length. Which I, mm. I had to laugh at Jeremy Thrush post match mate said that um, this was the length that he went to to avoid preseason, <laughs> tiring and going into coaching. <laughs> that was beautiful. I love that so, guy. He's great. I like I like that. And I, I made mention already of Mac Hansen. Um, just set the set the internet and Six Nations socials alive with his um, uh, with his accidental f bomb, as we just heard a little earlier there before. So, oh, a big week ahead of us, a big week behind us, mate. But I think that is us done for episode fifty one of the Raw Rugby Podcast. Don't forget, Harry and I are both on the socials, and thanks so much to another review that we got during the week uh, from a Randy Warra, who uh, from Australia somewhere left us. A, uh, a review saying one hell of a cracking podcast with just the right combination of wit, quirky humor, special guests, and knowledge of the best game on earth. So, shout out to you, Randy. Thanks so much for that. Wow, and Randy, do... talk dirty to us. That was yeah, beautiful. I like that one. Um, but so, <laughs> if your pod platform allows us, do absolutely leave us a review or a rating. It absolutely helps with the listings and the algorithms and all that. And of course, don't forget to like, follow, subscribe uh, to ensure every episode drops into your notifications as soon as it goes live. It's the Raw Rugby Podcast with me, Brett McKay and Harry Jones, every week on the raw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate, the home to all your favourite rugby analysis, opinions and conversations. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in your ears next week. Come play with us, please.